I'm not quite myself. <clears throat> I told the guys the other day I'm a little bit men's ministry constipated, so you guys are the X-Lax. Welcome. So, <laughs> not to mention it's my son's seventh, seven-year-old birthday, and I just came from Chuck E. Cheese, so I'm just, I'm just not even, I don't even know what I am, so, um, it's good to see you guys. Um, uh, my name is Russell Verhai, and I know, I think most of you guys. There's a few guys that I don't know, um, but it, no, it's Dutch. So, yep, that's Dutch. So, that's part of the story. Um, thanks for bringing that up. So, thanks for distracting me. So now we're talking about identity now. So here we go. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a Dutchman and. Uh, fifth generation entrepreneur. My great, great, great grandfather built a boat, uh, in Holland and, um, captained the boat and came over here. And there's literally newspaper articles of him, uh, leading the people, uh, in prayer and Bible study on the boat coming over as they settled in Pella. Uh, his son was the pastor of the Reformed Church. And then uh, his grandson, my great-grandfather, um, moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and built uh, one of the largest construction businesses uh, in that area at the time. And how many of you guys have heard of Rock City? If you're anywhere in the south, little birdhouses everywhere, see Rock City? My great-grandfather built Rock City. And that's fun, but the real fun thing about my great-grandpa is he built the very first miniature golf course. And that is what it is today. So um, then later my grandfather and then dad moved to Atlanta. And then thus I was born uh, and I grew up there. So I'm a Georgia boy and that's what I know. That's where my roots are. Still most of my family's there and I love it. Uh, we're coming up on our 10th year here uh, being in Colorado. So that's a little bit of who I am. I'm a business. I've been a business owner for 15 years now. Um uh, just yesterday I was in Chicago for a long day trip and, uh, and I got, um, my fill of skyscrapers yesterday. So today I came and hiked the incline. So <laughs> that just pretty much summed up Russell. <laughs> so, and I had a date with my wife at Sam's, so we're cheap, but, uh, or at least we're consistent. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a good thing. Welcome guys to the net. This is, uh, this is really, exciting. Um, I had no idea what to expect tonight. Um, uh, I, I hope that through our discussions and our time in the weeks and months and maybe years to come, I don't care about numbers. I really don't. Uh, that when I look at you men, <laughs> you know, God can change the world through this group of men. And I see it. I see what's in you. And, um, and it's just very exciting. So, um, it's just good to, good to be here with you guys tonight. So, um, I'm not, uh, men's ministry and locking, locking in with a brand. Um, that's, that's been a tough thing for me. Um, I've visited with a lot of men's ministry pastors over the last year and was very resistant to putting a name on something. And I just, about middle of December before Christmas, I just could not 
get away from it. Um, but there were some very specific things that the Lord was doing with that, uh, with the name, the net. And I just want to give you guys some context for that. So, um, and there's a couple things that stirred that up, but I, uh, wanted to give you, uh, tonight, let me back up just a little bit. Tonight is about connecting with, um, with one another. It, it is here in a little bit. I, I'm excited to share a little bit, but tonight we're going to end up with an opportunity for you guys to, to connect. And, uh, the three questions um, that I want to have you guys reflect on, talk about, and and uh, leave here, hopefully beginning to answer is, uh, uh, go ahead, Kevin, is these three questions. Um, and hopefully we can get to the answer is, what is the net? But the big one is, why are you here? Um, what in the world would cause you to come out tonight um, curious, you know, see what's going on? Or is there something really stirring in you? And I think it's important to really dialogue about that a little bit uh, with one another. Uh, and then finally, what's your gift? And I'll um, give some context to that question in a little bit. Um, but the uh, the the why are you why are you here question? Um, uh, I'd like to maybe start answering that in the context of a few men who can respond to that and. It serves two purposes. One, it just gives some context for the men that are here that you guys can start hearing from these guys. And so I want to start with Russ Gordon, if I could have you come up and share a little bit. Um, and uh, I'll have him share about a little bit of a story and an email that was sent back in Thanksgiving or sometime around. <laughs> well, some of you I know and some of you I don't know, and I'm looking forward to getting to know more of you as this goes forward. But um, I'm Russ Gordon. We've been at New Life for about 15 years now. And we serve right now with Glenn Packham on Sunday nights as part of his leadership team. And as part of that, I also work uh, with the prayer team. And Russell tells me this was back in November, and I looked at kind of the notes, and I realized, yeah, it was. Just before Thanksgiving, I was up at the front after the service, and I was waiting to see if anybody had prayer needs. We have people come up from time to time in response to the message, and they need prayer. And this guy came up to me, uh, probably about 40 years old, and he said, I am a captain in the Air Force. I'm about to be deployed, and I need somebody to connect with. He, he's a single guy, a wonderful, uh, charismatic young man, just fell in love with him right away. And he said, I need a mentor. I need somebody that I can regularly meet with and learn about life. Now, this is a guy who's 40. And I thought, man, there are 40-year-olds walking around out there? And I thought about myself, and I thought, yeah, there are 50-year-olds walking around out there that can use some help. And I said to him, you know, I thought about my life. You know, when you when somebody comes to you and asks you something like that, you immediately re review your own heart, and you say, is this something I'm supposed to do? Should I jump in? Should I volunteer to meet with him? And I knew right away with the other responsibilities that we have, I couldn't just jump in and start meeting with this guy on a regular basis, at least, because the way I look at mentoring is it's a commitment. It's it's at least a year. It's probably weekly, if not more. And it, it, it's pouring your life into somebody. And I knew that right at that moment, I couldn't respond to that call. And so I said, well, I said, I know we don't have any 
thing like that here on Sunday nights, but let me put you in touch with Mike Pratt, because I knew Mike was doing this kind of thing. And it was, a, I guess it was the following week, he came back and he said, you know, Mike said they don't have a mentoring program at the church. And I said, you know what, we probably don't yet, but we're working on that stuff. And I said, let's talk about this a little bit more. And I started thinking, and then I sent an email to Pastor Glenn, and I said, Glenn, there, there are guys walking around out there that need this. They're, they're falling between the cracks, and they need our help. What are we going to do? And Glenn said, you know, it, it's, it is a need, and we need to work on it. And um, we didn't have an immediate response, but I guess that email sort of went viral. And Russell got it, and he sent it out, and, and things started happening. And this isn't something that happened because of that email. It's something God had already placed on the hearts of men here. But it was just another affirmation that something needed to happen. And so I just want to read a little segment of that email that I wrote. To I think it sort of sums up what's going on and why we need to be doing this. I know that there are more guys like Steve, who at this point aren't married, looking for experienced men to walk alongside them. If we can put a structure in place, maybe we can help them to avoid some of the costly mistakes that many of us have already made, and in the process, greatly strengthen the body. The men in the church, globally, are suffering. There is a generation, now going on two generations, of men who haven't had much modeling on manhood. This trend has to be broken. There is such a fundamental need to meet, and the consequences of not having proper systems in place to teach young men, starting at age 13, what it means to be men is unthinkable. We can't assume that fathers can teach sons this stuff. Most fathers haven't got a clue. And and that that's out of my own experience. I mean, I know I didn't have a model. I didn't have that kind of a model. And I've looked for mentoring over the years, and I've had some success, but by and large, either men don't have the time, or they don't have the skills, or they don't have the passion for this. And so this is what I what I believe to be the beginning of something really important, really significant. Men, it's time for us to take the role that God created us to take. And I'm excited about what God's doing here, and I, I'm excited to see this many men stepping forward to see what God wants to do. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Yesterday when I was in, um, well, let me just respond to that. The uh, One of the things that was in his email, of all things, was uh, the net there is broken at New Life and men are falling through the cracks. And so that that was kind of on deposit uh, over November. And then I had, um, I've got an older gentleman who's 70 who, uh, his name's Paul Stanley and Paul and I, we were together for kind of an Advent time in his home, and and at the end of that time, he just prayed for me, and it was one of these things that sometimes happens with uh, older, wiser guys that he's praying—not a routine prayer, but something literally checked in his voice and stopped and paused, and all of a sudden he prayed. Um, as if the Spirit was leading him, um, just like Jesus called Peter um, after he was really discouraged, uh, it's it's time to let down your nets again. And um, and so, 
Russell, it's time to let down your nets again. And, uh, and he continued his prayer, but there was just something that it just, everything stopped for me in that living room with that. Now, it, in the moment, the context of that, that I was going through yet and again, another dry season within my business. Um, last fall, we were about three months without income and, uh, we were back on our face again. Um, and it was just in that, that in the context of let down your nets, it was, is this a work thing? Is this a, have you lost hope or whatever? And, and I sensed later that that, and there's more going on here than just a financial piece. And so, and then our group met. Um, we have a group, group of guys that met, uh, in our home over December. And then there was some discussion and somehow the net, just seemed to resonate. And it was just really those three points that just, I finally said, okay, let's just see what this looks like. And so the more time I spent with, um, more time I spent just meditating, reflecting on just what was going on in that whole Luke 5 scene, it just really settled in me. And if you've read some of the emails, um, you know, some of the web uh, blog responses, you can kind of get where that's going. And so it just, what what the Spirit really landed on me is I looked out over new life. And and this is just how I'm wired. When I go into Sunday, uh, first of all, I see an army of men. I've had this in me for years now. I literally, almost on a every Sunday basis, I see an army of men ready to be called up, equipped, encouraged, and then released. And And I and it, it's, uh, call it a mantle, call it whatever. It's just, those are the eyes that I see. I see men in that light. But in, in the morning of that reflection over the scripture and over that passage, what the Spirit said it in me was that, uh, there are men that need to be caught in the net. And that, that's a familiar language from the metaphor. Um, but there's also men ready to cast the net. There are men that are ready to go. Um, that are, that are ready to put their hand to the net, but the the challenge is, and and why I think it's important for Russ to share that story about going to see Mike Pratt. Mike Pratt has just been, I mean, he has carried quite a load for a long time, and, and way the way I see that is, is is something happens inside of a man at a point of repentance or a point of something that God begins stirring up inside of a man, and the most natural place. For a guy to go to is right in the front door to the church and look for the men's guy, and that's Mike Pratt to walk into the office. But yet we don't have a mentoring program. We don't have this program. We don't have, we're not set up to receive guys when they're just getting ready to come out. Call that, you know, being developed. Call that ready to lead, maturity, whatever that is, ready to be commissioned and released. And we're not set up with that. And that, and that really is the net imagery that you men here tonight are the men that are ready to put your hand to the net. That doesn't mean you're not discouraged. It doesn't mean you're not, you know, like me, need to be caught in the net, you know, just enjoy his love, but you're ready to put your hand to the net. And, and I think that's, that's what we're here just to see, uh, what this is and just let the Lord lead us and I think it's important just for us to, to uh, what is in me, however long it takes, if it's all this year or 
whatever that is, it is in the unity of this body of men and it's in the diversity of this company of men that we're going to see the full expression of the body of Christ come forward to be able to build this church, our family, back. And then when it's time and when it's ready to go out again. Um, I, I literally, I, I, don't, I don't kid about this in my emails. It's every day for me. I'm sitting at Sam's for a $5 lunch having pizza and a Coke. And my wife says, hey, come over here. And it's a girlfriend of hers. I want you to meet my husband. I want to tell you your name. I just met her for the first time. My wife's just been befriending her. She's hard times, all this. And, and the wife comes and tells me, Russell, would you help my husband? He's, he's going it alone. He lost his job. He's had to pick up some kind of mediocre work just to try to help pay the bills and fill in the gaps. But he, he had some, um, disappointments with guys. Trust was broken and he's just taken a path of, isolation. And he just doesn't trust men. He doesn't trust leadership, but he'll show up at church because he likes to hear a nice message and it's good for the kids. But to get him into a group with men, I just don't see how we're going to get there, but he says he needs it. Can you help? I'm not kidding, guys, for the last year. I'm from the wives, let alone what's going on with the men. There's two groups of men here at this church. And I mean, please, just go with me broadly. Two categories of men. The guys that are discouraged, that have been beat to death, and when that happens, they drift. Yeah, they're all high five. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. That's great. Things are doing fine. They just call it posing. Call it whatever you want. But they drift towards isolation. Every man does it. Every man does it. I do it. I do. It's a choice to invest into relationships. Then there's another group of guys that get it, and they're ready to move forward. They're ready, but yet in their readiness, in their desire to to move and be a part of building God's kingdom, they immediately hit the wall of, oh my goodness, what what am I stepping into? They feel like they're ill-equipped or they're inadequate or whatever, but they know they need to do something and they need some encouragement. They need courage imparted to them. They need to be equipped to do this. And this is the core thing after spending a year quietly just spending time with men. Um, this is what I've observed. Men need to be encouraged and men need to be equipped. And that is, that is what the net is. That if, if there is one goal for every man who walks in this room, whether it's 25, 250, or a thousand men, that every man, you men included, would leave this room more encouraged and more equipped. Now I have some ideas I want to share with you about how we get started with that. But that really, how do we do that so that a guy is just not encouraged, take that word, it is literally being filled with courage. Because that is an issue right here. 
Be strong and courageous. I do this with the kids all the time. Base 56 was like a big party. About 80, you know, 70 to 80 ADD boys. You know, it was just hilarious. You know, I do this thing. I mean, just show me your muscles, boys. Show me your guns, right? That's what we think of as strength. Absolutely. But the strong physically. But then there's the strong mind and the strong heart. I used the example last Sunday with the boys. Hey, so... How's Tebow doing? Yeah. Is he sitting in his room this morning? Is he weak? He's a little bruised, but he's not weak physically. Maybe his mind, that's eh, probably sharp. What's Tebow dealing with this morning? This is, you know, Sunday after the game. He's on the threshold of discouragement. Does that make sense? I mean, sorry, I'm preaching. I knew I wasn't going to preach tonight. So. I got it in me. So this is the issue. And some of you guys are strong mentally or you're strong emotionally or you're, you know, but you're weak physically. We all have areas where you may be strong physically. You're strong emotionally. Relationally, though, you're just anemic. It, you know, you're just, it's just, you need, all of us need to, to get strengthened in some of these areas of our lives. You know, it's a, it's kind of, it's not funny, but it's a joke. I mean, seems to go around. Part of that observation of discourage, encouraging and equipping is just most men that I see, at least in our church and probably every other church in America, you know, they're, um, you know, they're relationally anemic. They're emotionally constipated. And to make matters worse, they're biblically illiterate. And, uh, that's a bad combination. So, you know what? It's kind of a joke, but I'm dead serious that we're going to change that at New Life Church. If it takes 10 years, and I can say that because I've been here 10 years. And so for me, I got on a plane at 6 in the morning yesterday, and I got home late last night, and I didn't get a whole lot of sleep, and I'm a business guy, and for whatever reason, this thing's happening where I'm not paid on staff and not I'm not in an office, that this ministry is an overflow of just a guy who is a husband and a father and a business guy, and that for the guy who says, I have nothing, I have no time, I have nothing to offer, that there's something in this that you do have something. Whether it's just a word of encouragement, you have something to offer. I literally got an email that because of confidentiality, I don't want to blow it, but this guy sends me an email last night that almost puts me to tears. It takes my heart. I got nothing to offer, Russell. I'm not going to show up tomorrow night because I have no leadership. And you say cast the net, I have no friends in my life, Russell. So I'm not going to come. I may come one day, but not to your leadership thing because I have nothing to offer. I'm dead serious, guys, because I'm the point man for this stuff. I get this every day. And it's almost a little bit as I've had it up to here Something has to happen, and for the net to get started is a huge relief for me because it gives a form and it gives a place for guys to come, whether they're in the ditch or they are ready to take off because that's that's the way we are, guys, right? We, have a, we, we may be at the lowest low, and we have an encounter with Jesus and a, and a word from a brother that breathes life and courage in us, and we are ready to take off. But yet we still need men to walk with us and we still need encouragement and we still, we still need one another, right? 
This isolation and loneliness, it is epidemic, and I am done with it at this church. I'm done with it. And so if it starts here, and this is the model, that we learn how to one another well here with 40 or 50 that turns into 100, and next thing you know, we wake up a year from now, and this room is filled with guys like this this wife's husband. I want to go get that guy. I want to go get the guy that sent me the email last night that happens to be in my small group. Are you kidding? He's bought into something. And the only way it's going to break through it is not me preaching or me being Holy Spirit or whatever. It's just to put him in an environment where the Spirit of God is moving. And we see something happen where a guy is literally transformed right before our eyes. That's what the net is. And encouraging and equipping. Joshua 1, I'm going to, when we launch on the 15th, um, there's something really powerful in Joshua 1. I mean, I've been camping there since I was 13. Um, but I just, I think there's a particular message that the Lord is preparing for the guys, however many guys. I have no idea. I mean, we're coming, our guys morning outs typically are pulling four to five, six hundred guys. I don't know how many guys are going to come the Wednesday after that. But we're going to start with Joshua 1 and, and encouragement. And I think that's where I want just for you guys to see is that there is a pattern there that encouraging, imparting courage is the context of relationship. That whole context, if you would read and reflect over the next few weeks, Joshua 1, it is because the Lord is with him. It is in relationship that Joshua can take courage and be strong. Same thing with the brothers, the Hebrew 10. Let us be creative. Let us figure out how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Um, a great little study for you guys that just want to dig in a little deeper. Just do a little topical on your phone or your concordance or whatever way you go about it. Google, just do one another. How many times that little phrase, one another, it is loaded up. There's a whole lot the scripture says about one anothering and that right there. It is not forsaken the gathering, but it's how do we be, the, I love the message, how do we be inventive about spurring one another on to love and good deeds? And you know what? With you guys, you don't assimilate real well. You don't do relationships real well. And that's why many of these kind of things have just kind of petered out because you get all excited, you come, and how do we do this to where it's going to stick? And it's going to take some real inventive thinking. And this is my first stab at it. And so I welcome dialogue and feedback, and it's going to be refined. And and so, now the equipping piece came as a surprise. You guys saw the pictures at the beginning. Um, that was the father-son retreat. It just, uh, it came to me during that weekend that here we are spurring these dads on to, you know, be great dads. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that some of these dads, they themselves were here. We're spurring them on to equip their sons. Remember Bob, right? And all of a sudden it dawns on me. It's like, wait a second. Some of these dads have never been equipped. And, and, and if 
if we're spurring these guys on to equip their sons, but yet they've never been equipped, rather than equipping the dads, we end up shaming them. Does that make sense? These men need to be equipped. And all of a sudden I went back to my Sunday school lesson from when I was a kid. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and correcting and rebuking so that the man of God, every one of you, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's right there, fellas. The biblical illiteracy is really a big deal. And if we hold on to that promise that in order for us to do anything, whether it's lead our companies or lead our families or lead our friends, have an influence to be salt and light, we need to be equipped for every good work. And it comes through being men of the Word. That is a driving value that will be here at the net. That, that, that is the, that is the flow and every man, when he comes out of here, he will be equipped with the Word of God. I asked the boys in fifth and sixth grade Sunday, it was so cool. I said, alright boys, I want you to be brave. How many are brave? How many are brave enough to tell me? 80 boys, right? How many of you brave enough to tell me that You've never memorized scripture. These are our boys, right? Half the hands went up. How many of you like to be, how many of you like to leave here today knowing that you have memorized one verse of scripture and hidden it in their heart? Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Oh man, it was a pep rally. It was awesome. But that's where, that's where the line is. How many of you boys are quitters? What? <laughs> no, I'm serious. How many of you quitters, right? No, oh, boys, how many times, how many of you said, I can't this week? And half of them went up. How, what'd you say you can't do? What'd you say you can't do? What'd you say? Well, scripture says, I can do all things through Christ. And a fifth grader, sixth grader, you know our boys, they're kind of all over the place where they're reckoning with the scriptures in their mind. And you know what? I'm no different. And I'm sitting there saying, I can't do this. Good gracious. I can't do the net. I can't lead this. It's too big. It's too, I'm not the right guy. And all of a sudden, Spirit says, I can do all things through Christ. Whew. So I just need to claim that. Let us be men that are equipped with the promises of the Word that we can stand firm on that so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I want to... I believe and hope that the net will become that. And it's not an overnight thing. It's not gimmicky. It's not a PowerPoint presentation. It's not a cute speech. It's literally getting it into the saltiness of that, into the character of who we are as men. And that grips me, guys. So that's equipping. And then the word... If you got your Bibles, just want to put eyes on that. And this is where we're going with the question, what's your gift?
of you guys are at my birthday. Not so many. All my people are out tonight. My father-in-law, brother-in-law. Scott, you were there. There's the guys. Okay. This this was July 8th, my birthday. I'm a front porch guy early in the morning in the summertime. I sit in my rocking chair pretty much from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And so the morning after my birthday, the Lord dropped this in on me. And this is about a six-pager, but it comes off of this verse. Whew. I long to see you. Sorry, Romans 1, verse 11. It's up there. I long to see you so that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to make you, what's the word? Strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Guys, what's your gift? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, and His power is flowing through your spiritual veins, you've been given a gift. And you know what? Three, two years ago, I, I lost, I felt like I lost my gift. And, uh, went all the way to China with Rion. Rion's a great guy, but he's goofy. And had a great trip with goofy Rion. He's goofy because he's South African. I love him to pieces. Um, which means he has attitude. So, um, he drug me all the way to China and we had some great meetings and a lot of cool things happened. But if there is one thing that came out of that trip is that God said, I want to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you, Russell, because my flame had almost gone out. And you know what? I see it in the eyes of you, you men. And your fan, your, your flame has near gone out. And that flame is the gift of God that's in you. And I want to throw some fuel on those coals and light the fire. Let me read it again. I long to see you, Vance Brown. Now you're good that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to make you strong, that is, that you and I, men, may be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. That's what's going on at the net, fellas. Literally, that you would be so spiritually discerned that when you sit across the table or next to another guy, that you see something in another guy. And the Spirit drops something in you where you can say, I see something in you. And you literally can speak words of encouragement and life to fan into flame the gift of God in the other man. Proverbs says that he who refreshes others will refresh himself. And that's the environment happening. That's what I hope to see. That this environment would just exude encouragement. And I love the word encouragement, but it almost sounds soft. I'm standing here tonight, and I'm happy to share the story later, but I'm, I sat a year and a half ago um, the lawyer's table just about to sign papers for bankruptcy. And there's a whole story behind that. And there, 
And like Jesus flipping tables over, Garvin nearly flipped the table over on me at Chick-fil-A saying, there are some guys that can do that. No criticism. Grace to them. But not you. Not you, Russell. I'm sorry. That's not going to be, that's not going to be your story. Thanks, Garvin. I remember that really well because ketchup, and he puts salt on his ketchup and dips his fries. And was this guy? So, <laughs> Sam Cameron, for his life and to me from a business, just to hang in there. I'm walking the same road a lot of you guys are, and I'm not living this in a bubble. But yet, it's because some of you men have breathed courage into me, imparted courage into me, and I want to do the same for others. God comforts us so that we can what? Comfort one another. Works the same for courage. You get so filled up with courage, you can't help yourself. You're going to pass that on to others. And when guys are filled up with on courage, because that guy, these guys walking around like this, they just, I mean, emotionally, their heart, they just, they may look like this because they got a resume or they got a house or their wife is pretty, whatever, everything's fine, but yet they're literally dying inside. And we need to be astute enough as men of God in a timely way to breathe courage on those guys. To see that they are strengthened and full of courage. Because when they're ready, these men are full of faith and they're ready to charge the hill. And then when those guys are ready to charge the hill, then they suddenly go, hey, I, my tool chest is a little weak. <laughs> I need some a little, I need, uh, need to run down to Home Depot and hit the tool aisle. I got my tool belts all filled up. I got the stuff. How the heck do you use this? Right? <laughs> so it's a both and, and that's where you pick up the mentoring, the wise guys, and we're going to talk about that next week a little bit. Um, so men, why are you here? Um, man, I bit off more than I could chew. Let me zip through format. Would that be helpful for you real quick? I got a couple guys that I want to sh- have share tonight. Um, but I th- some of you guys are structure and systems guys, and I get that. And Russell's thinks he's that way, but he's kind of all heart, which is pretty obvious. Um, all right, so uh, expectations. All I'll say on that is that if your expectations is on me, it'll fail. I'll fail you. If your expectations are on other leaders, it's going to fail. Your expectations on what the Lord is going to do, then um, we're headed in the right direction. So, this is not going to be the Russell show. God's called me out as a leader. I've been leading since I was in Boy Scouts. It's just what I do. Um, and if this thing goes well, hopefully I'll work myself out of a job pretty quick. So, expectations. Uh, there's a lot to say about that, but I just want to speak that out. If you can go ahead, Kevin, and move that slide. Um, the flow and format for each night, um, the welcome, and then uh, the next slide, Kevin. Just like 
we saw at the beginning with the pitchers, um, this is part of the community element. Uh, there's not too many young bucks here tonight. Um, Hugh, you're almost 30, right? Or you are 30. Okay, so <laughs> there, my heart beats for the future leaders of new life. There is a whole group of 20s and young 30s that we need to be catering the net for. Um, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s, the pastor says, y'all come, maybe there's coffee, and a lot of times they'll show for one or two, and then that's it. It's a loyalty thing. It's a good thing. That doesn't work for the guys in the 20s and 30s, and we're losing those guys, and we need... So fostering a community for those young men... Um, it's totally out of my league, but the web piece, which we're going to talk about in future, you know, in the future, uh, there's a whole virtual thing that we just, we want to foster the community and, um, from the website with the men. And the way we're going to do that is on topics, um, where there is content related, uh, something Pastor Brady and I are committed to over the next two years that, that, Essentially, every topic related to men that we would have some sort of digital content for those men. Kenny Luck, uh, he's the he's the small he's the men's pastor at Saddleback Church. He said the number one thing he gets hit on his website is masturbation. Number one thing, man, we got to hit every issue, and 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 because frankly we don't have time here to do it, so we've got to hit it from the web. What I'm looking for with this is pictures, you guys go on a hike, you guys go out and shoot guns, you go do something with your family. I think it's important almost as a celebration just to have that spinning when guys walk in and we see that. So um, I'm going to need some help with that. Next, Kevin. Written word. One of Grady's uh, first verses that he ever memorized is the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Where does that come from? Well, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Where does that come from? Nehemiah. Right after they finished building the wall. We could do a whole Nehemiah study. So we're going to go right to the end. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. The response, these guys are standing on their feet, weeping over what the Lord had done after the walls were built. And they responded by listening in, as the word was spoken. And the response after the word was spoken was the joy of the Lord will be our strength. And that's really what we're looking for, to be strong and courageous what is the source of our strength? So you'll see a theme here with the word. Just like the word that Russ spoke, there is a word that God is speaking to us. And uh, if you, if we were to survey all of us, how, do, how well do you hear the voice of the Lord? How well do you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you? And this is a theme that I think is worth camping on. So I put this in here um, just so that we can be men of the word. So... Uh, there'll be a reading every week, and I don't want to get real, I don't want it to have a liturgical feel, but what we're, what I'm hoping to do with this is with Psalms and Proverbs, that just the word is spoken, 
and men will just respond to that. Whether we respond... I sat with a 52-year-old man at Cracker Barrel that broke down on us. Um, Brian, you were there? I think. Yeah. Um, you guys intimidate me. You talk about the Word. You talk about your relationship with God. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I don't know how to have a devotional. I don't hear the voice of God. And uh, I want to. That's why I'm here. Billy Graham has had a 50-year legacy of reading four psalms every morning and reading one Proverbs. We need to get real basic of inviting men into reading the Word. So this is a bit devotional. So, next, Kevin. Word of testimony. This is the fun part. Never seen this model. This is the riskiest piece of what what's coming. Um, but uh, I want to... I'm hoping and praying and believing that literally from the atmosphere of humility, transparency, authenticity, that men sharing their story is going to create something that's going to open the hearts of men when they come in. And we sing it, you'll you know, be overcome by the blood of the land and the what? The word of the testimony. And so we are going to have that. We're going to do it mostly through video because guys are a little clunky and awkward where it may literally take a 30-minute interview discussion to, to boil it down to three, four minutes where there's not confidentiality issues, where the, the issue with testimony gets a little goofy because a guy feels like he's got to share his whole life in a testimony versus what's the segment within, you know, the, the facet of their life. A lot of guys, they're getting beat to death in their work life, and so therefore because they just carry this yoke on them, they don't realize they're just knocking it out of the park as a dad. Andrew is one of those guys. We need to hear from him how he's raising his boys. But because of what's happening over here, a guy may not feel like he can share over here, and, and we need to hear, how are you doing through this? And this is the word of the testimony. So as we discern with guys to share uh, open it up, interview live. We'll just have to walk through that. So we're, we're learning as we go. Next one, please. Word of teaching. Um, <clears throat> my hope is, by design, the testimony is going to have a theme and that the teaching would follow a similar theme. And the teaching, rather than being so much instructive, would be more of an issue of the heart. What is the character of the man? If we're talking about strength and courage, what does that look like? Courage in this situation. The characteristic, let's just take fruits of the spirits, for example, love, joy, peace. It doesn't matter what the application is. That needs, needs to be evident in every facet, every topic of your life. So I am praying, just thinking through, keep it short, brevity, Focus, but the teaching geared around the character that hopefully without being manipulative will be inspirational. And that's, that's what I'm hoping by design that the teaching will be. And then this moves us into a word of encouragement and equipping. This is really the meat of the net. And this is really what is why you guys are here is that there are men here tonight 
that this is the work that needs to be done is a word of encouragement and a word of equipping. Go ahead and move to the next slide. How we're going to take a shot at this, and boy, I have labored over this, fellas, so this will probably get refined. We'll rework this. It's experimental. Trying to take on 50 to 60 or 100 topics for men, we lose something. And so I've labored and prayed over these things, and these are the eight uh, topics that I hope that essentially it's a gathering point. When men walk into these doors, that you get a guy back there that doesn't know a soul, he's just stepping out, he's taking a risk, you know, I haven't done this for a long time, or I've never done this, he's taking a risk, but the reason he's here is because he's struggling in his marriage. And he comes over here and he sees that this is kind of the section where marriage is being talked about. And he said, okay, and he, he, he's comfortable enough to come because that's his point of need. Does that make sense? We want, we want to make it as easy as possible to cast the net to catch these guys when they have just the courage enough to barely stumble through these doors. And these are the topics that I've settled with for now, knowing that you know, just hope it might get refined um, as we move into this. So these are the topics. As you see these and as I've sent them out on the emails, which one resonates with you? I mean, there are guys that could talk about all eight of those topics, but for today and your season of life, where you're at, which of these really resonate with you? Next, please. The table discussions. I, I asked Pastor Brady about this. How in the world do you deal with these guys that are constantly coming in with curriculum or books or retreats or just, I mean, constantly just bombarding with resources? And it's frankly a little bit overwhelming. There may be a time and a place for resources and books and all these incredible tools. I mean, one of my dear friends, and he goes to our church, and he'll probably speak one day, Chris Dornboss. I mean, he's the CEO of Cook Communications. He's got stuff going all over the world that's distribution. I mean, I get it. But yet, curriculum and fill-in-the-blank studies and video this and that can be a distraction and almost a substitute for the Spirit of God moving and working through you men. I think there will be a place for that, but it's not quite yet, if that makes sense. So this is my suggested format moving into the discussions that it's not curriculum-based, but it's this flow and format. And again, this is likely to be reworked, but it is a word of encouragement that is you sit with men and tables, and the tables are there, by design, because it's a group of six, but then as relationships mature, it may be too too constrained because there's too many guys there, and so you may take these chairs and move to huddles of three or four, and we want to set up the room where it's um, where where you feel that freedom to do that. But it's a word of encouragement, and that's literally a point of prayer for you that your heart's prepared to impart a word of encouragement. And then under those topics that you're coming with a word of equipping on marriage or work or uh, legacy, which is um, what I would call finishing well, and that you're giving just 
just one thing, and this is the equipping part, that every man leaves here with one thing. Wow, I just got charged to actually go pray with my wife, but more than just pray with my wife, how to do it, and maybe some healthy expectations. And this is what a guy who's been doing it for 20 years has done, and man, I can't even imagine, but I'm going to take a shot at it. That you know, and, and this, this comes back into the encouragement hits the heart, but men, we, we gotta put hands to what we're doing. And that's what this is, is the equipping. And then the response is the facilitating. How's this gonna work? Is this gonna assimilate into your life? And there's a response. And my goodness, when you get men talking, it's gonna be hard to shut it down. <laughs> so, um, all right. Co-led tables. This is another thing that um, I've been laboring over, but I want to throw it out to you. Uh, some th- th- This is the crux of why a lot of these men's meetings have not worked. Is this high bar of commitment because you've got to be almost elder quality to be able to facilitate a table, and that's good and noble, but one, it scares guys off. And secondly, it doesn't give room to help a guy step in to who he is. So I want to suggest another approach to facilitating some tables, and I call it co-led. Now you see some reasons there of why I like this. I would not be here tonight if it wasn't for many of you guys, but particularly Garvin. Garvin's my wingman. I mean, that we co-labor doing this together. Um, it, it makes sense. Particularly, it's a model that Jesus implemented, and it works. Now, that may immediately shift some paradigms for you guys, because you're like, I'm here, and I don't know anybody. You know what? Let's just... Give yourself some time. You come, you're going to meet some guys. And that co-labor may be a wise guy, an older man, and maybe a peer, maybe a younger guy that you want to help step up with. Um, but I just, I want to start with this for these reasons. The other thing, um, commitment. My goodness, there's a dozen guys that I know that want to be here tonight but can't because they're traveling, they have stuff going on. That, that, that is probably one of the biggest issues with this kind of thing. It's sustainability. I, I just got awarded a project today and a guy and the client said, uh, hey, when can you get out here? Uh, hopefully not next Wednesday. I mean, I, I don't, you know, this is what I've got to navigate and I've got to be set up to be able to steward my business in the context of this commitment. And you, and I'm in the same seat as you guys. Which really gets to this main core thing of <laughs> we want all the men of new life to want to come, not to feel obligated like the net is some kind of duty, but that is so life-giving that they want to be here. And how do you create that atmosphere and culture? Well, hopefully if we're doing our jobs or what this is designed to be, encourage and equip, that'll happen. So um, sustainability. Uh, complementing perspective, I mean, protection, flexibility, partnership, I mean, all these reasons, this is why I'm suggesting this. I, 
it's a different shift of maybe what you're expecting or thinking or whatever, but it also sets it up well that, you know what, if that means we don't get to 500 or 1,000 and it takes us three years, when we get there, we're going to be stronger for it because we're doing it in relationship. There's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of men that, that they're so talented and they're so gifted and they're so charismatic and they've written some books. Hey, I'll come lead a table. But if he's not willing to do it in relationship, that's a tell, isn't it? So just think on that a little bit. Next slide, please. Um, under the topics, there's categories. And I picked two there and, and there's really categories for all of them. Um, fathering, uh, you have sons and daughters, you have guys that are just coming into who they are as dads, and there's a whole lot of issues that go with that. And then you've got, um, you know, the age differences there. Those are discussion points that the big, big idea of fathering hits at all different levels. Um, this, this is what I like about this is the net can be scalable in time because guys represent different seasons of life here. I mean, it, it really is. When we have a guy who's 20 here tonight and we have a 70 year old, right? Mr. House. What? 74. We have five decades represented in this room and, and, and that's representative of our body, of our church, our family. So if, if six months from now, this whole section is fathering and it's these topics, we can grow with that. And, and that's the other piece that was the co-laboring. If Sam Cameron, Sam's right here. I love Sam. So, I, and he's got a good buddy, longtime friend, John Nix, who's not here tonight. So I have to go get John. And Sam's busy. Hey, John, can you cover this for me? John and him can work together to cover that. The other thing is that I just have a hunch that when Sam can come and he's over there and maybe he's talking about work-related stuff or marketplace or starting a business, suddenly Sam's going to have about 22 people at a six-person table. And he's going to need the liberty to say, hey, John, can you maybe take this group and go over here? Or one night we have a big group that comes in. The co-laboring piece, you enjoy working together, but that if you need the freedom to, to take a portion of your group and spin off, we're already anticipating the influx that we literally may have 300 one week, 500 the next, and then 400 the next. And so that's also by design the co-laboring piece so that we are prepared for that and that doesn't disrupt the flow as well, if that makes sense. Is that, so this, this is the other piece that I would just encourage you to think on in terms of the topics. What are the categories of those topics? Which these are my definitions. There may be, there may be some other definitions. And if something gets sparked in you on a particular subject, manhood, oh my goodness, that's a really big topic. And if there's something burning in you about manhood, Identity. When do you become a man? You know, just whatever that is. Corey in the back could talk about manhood a long, long time and under about 12 different topics of manhood. You know, Greg could do the same thing. So 
What is that? And that's, that's where the liberty comes in. But for the practicality of a man walking in, where do I land? It's in this group over here or that topic over there. We've got to have some way to assimilate guys that don't assimilate real well. Does that make sense on why I'm trying to structure it this way? Um, the other thing on the topics is you're going to see these themes, the guys morning out, every Saturday guys morning out, it's going to be the same topics. When we get the website up and running, those are going to be the same entry point of topics. So that you're going to see a theme through all things related to men. This is our first stab at approach. Yeah, it needs to be tweaked and refined, and we will with time. But we're trying to start with some sense of unity with all things related to men. So next slide, please. Um, order response. Again, let me come back to this. This is the close of our evening almost like a benediction that, uh, how many of you men were at the leadership retreat? I'm a big physical example guy. Everybody just put your fingers right here. Just humor me. Work with kids a lot. Right there. Stick it in your eye, right? Eyes. Right there. No, actually. Right? And then this. Here. Feel it. Matthew 13 is really clear in a whole lot of other places. Deuteronomy, there's a number of... This is the language of how God speaks. And that as the Lord's speaking words, there are so many men that would literally in their sober, tender moments would say, I've never heard the voice of God. I don't know how to hear His voice. I don't know how to discern... Um, and and to bring this language in that, that li- literally that every week this will be a prayer of blessing over these guys. What are you what are you seeing tonight? What are you hearing? What do you understand? This is biblical language that has huge practical implications. And this is this will be our close to each week. Next slide, please. Why are you here tonight? Um Jesus models something, and, and when whenever you talk about leadership, the most uh, consistent and most highly used example biblically is the image of the shepherd. Um, if you were to look at all the observations about how does a shepherd lead, what does he do? If you just go through a study and read all of it, and there, there certainly be some debate and discussions around it, but in, in my in my reflections and some of the guys that have helped me think through this as well, older men, this is where I've land landed. And I would use this example of how Jesus led his disciples, how the shepherd leads, is that this really hits to the core needs of men. And that is the three areas. Lead, develop, and care. And in the center of that, I'd like to suggest it's a word that we don't often use or rarely see played out as making disciples. And that really is the core of what we're doing here, is making disciples. Why are you here tonight? I'd just like to maybe have you think about it in this context. Are you discouraged? You need to be encouraged. 
Maybe you, that you're like that bubble that you're higher on the care. The other, the other possibility is that you are well settled, you're healthy relationally, you've got men around you, your family's good, and you are ready to develop, you're ready to grow. You're, you just, but, you know, you need to be equipped. And that's why you're here as well. And maybe you're equipped, maybe you're healthy, maybe you're well cared for, maybe, maybe you're here because you're ready to lead. And, and I think that's, as I pray through the net and the design of the net, that we would be able to give opportunity for all three of sort of those basic needs of men through all seasons of life. Now, there's a whole lot to that, but I just would like to just throw that out, and sometimes imagery is helpful. Why are you here? And and if that helps, then that's good. I'd like to close this evening with just giving the guys a couple chances to respond to why they're here. And... Um, and I'm actually excited to hear what they're going to say. So, you want to start? Yeah, you. <laughs> Josh. Was this helpful, guys? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, that's, you can probably figure out why we designed this for three weeks before we started, because there's a lot here. And so this tonight is about connecting with one another and the, um, Next week is going to be really focused on the wise guys and that whole idea um, of creating a culture of of that, creating a culture of discipleship within our church, and I've kind of coined that for wise guys. So, um, Josh? Uh, my name's Josh, and uh, I'm here, I think, I, there's a couple different things that I thought of as Russell's talking um, as to why I'm here. I think I'm here first and foremost because I've had a couple guys that have really walked by my side in the midst of some tremendous brokenness in my life that have helped me through some major healing that I needed to go through. Um, I've experienced uh, a full-out rescue from God as I was throwing my life away, and God used uh, a couple guys that are here um, to really speak to me, to pour back into me. So I know that brotherhood component is so crucial because I was that guy that Russell was talking about, um, and I can't remember the other guy that came up here and spoke to, but that was slipping through the cracks or falling into the cracks. I was, I'm really good at posing. I'm incre- I, I was incredible at it. Uh, and I did that for quite a while and uh, got myself into some pretty big trouble where I was throwing my, my life away, and these guys literally walked into my life um, and helped rescue me, helped be part of that rescue. So I'm here primarily, first and foremost, um, because of that, because I was part of that experience. Uh, why am I here now, though? What am I looking into the future? Um, it's because I want to believe, and I think I have a hope, that that community of men or that strengthening of men uh, with one another can be instilled in the body of Christ, in the, in the format of the church. And I haven't seen it done successfully. I've been, like you guys probably all, have been part of a men's ministry where you go and you study the Word and you go home and everything's canned and 
there's no change in your life. And I think uh, I want to be a part of something that is bigger than me, that is more powerful than just me. And um, I know I need to be sharpened. I know I, I want to be equipped to do that. And I think this is one of the formats now, especially after hearing your heart wrestle, that uh, there's huge potential here. How we do that is still going to be discovered, obviously. But I'm excited to see how that's going to happen. And uh, I think another reason why I'm here is just because what God has been speaking to me on my heart, in my heart, is how powerful of a man he was at the age of 33. He was a he changed the world. He changed history forever. And uh, it's easy to acknowledge that and can that up and say, yep, he did. But he was 33 years old, and he changed the world, and he gave us just as much authority uh, as he had. And uh, I see guys out here of all ages, and I just... I think, man, what could we do together to change the world? If we all operated from our true identity, how powerful we could really be. And, man, what a neat movement it would be to start here at New Life Church, something that would change the world. And that's big talk. That's big plans. I'm a dreamer. You guys will probably find that out pretty quickly. But uh, I believe that that's possible. It's got to be. I have to believe that because that's what Jesus has spoken to us. So, um, yeah, I just uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of uh, belief in what Jesus has spoken to us, and and I want to be a part of that. I want to be sharpened by you guys. So awesome. Clint. I'm Clint Scruggs. Uh, well said, Josh. I mean, I pretty much uh, a lot of the same exact thoughts um, and why I'm here. And, uh, um, you know, I just shout out to a guy named Vance Brown in the back of the room there that uh, that guy's my hero back there. And if it wasn't for what that guy um, had a vision for in, in his own life and his own brother's life, um, I, I'd be probably dead on the side of the road, definitely spiritually, if not physically. And, uh, you know, I, I've had those brothers reach out to me and, and, uh, guys like Vance Brown modeled what being a band of brother is and, and fighting for men, um, that have already given up on themselves. And I was one of those guys where I was ready to give up. And, and, uh, I had some guys come along the side of me and we figured out how to fight for each other and, uh, and to not give up on each other when we've, when we've already given up on ourselves and our situation. And, uh, um, and, you know, there's a brother here, Dave Snyder, that, uh, you know, invited me to come and be a part of the, the body here at New Life Church. And, and, uh, I've just, I've just had a hard time, um, just getting any traction, uh, you know, in, in, in connecting with the men of New Life and, um, you know, experiencing and making some new brothers here that, um, will fight for me and I can fight for them. And, um, you know, Vance, I, I have to, I, when I was trying to prepare to speak tonight, you know, the first place I went was the Band of Brothers website to, to try to capture a few of the things that, that have been so crucial in my life and excite me to be here and a part of the, the vision that Russell has and, the, and Garvin and the other men of this church and, and all of you guys that, are, that have taken the time here to come tonight. And, and uh, I will surrender my, my all to my God, and no matter the cost, so that I can become more like Christ Jesus, my brother and king, I will seek out a Band of Brothers for whose lives and legacies I will fight so that together we can fulfill our mission to know, love, and glorify God our Father. And um, uh, a verse that, that I just love to hear, and it was exciting to hear it, it come out of the locker room with Tim Tebow here um, about a month ago, and uh, one of the young players on the team that 
had never heard this before, but he said he was all excited because Tim Tebow led the prayer before the, the charge before the San Diego game and says, as iron sharpens iron, so one another sharpens each other. And this guy had never heard that before. He thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's what it's all about. And that's, I think that's what all of you guys have come to, to see is that we're going to be a group of men doing it, you know, being, um, iron sharpening iron. And, uh, you know, it gets messy. It gets loud. Um, it gets hot, you know, and, uh, and, and we can do that here together. And, uh, there are a lot of men. There are a lot of men that I'm, I'm around every day that, 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 that are, that they just don't, they was never modeled for them how to be, how to be a godly man, how to seek after Christ and, and how to, um, pass that on to our kids. And, you know, it's one thing to know that we want it, but it's another thing to have people around us that are willing to, to get, you know, roll up their sleeves and get messy with us and, and take us to that next step. And, and there's been a lot of great men in my life that, that have been willing to take that time. Um, all I had to do is just show up and then they led me. Uh, through some really messy parts of my life, and um, and I'm excited about getting to um, to share some of that, it just from the testimony standpoint of how par- how powerful um, uh, Christ is in us, and and the and the freedom that we can experience by by taking some risks, and and I want to serve with you guys. I want to be a part of something bigger that's me, like you said, Josh. I want to be a part of something that that God has called us to. And, and my expectation, Russell. And you and I've talked about this. Uh, my expectation is purely just that, that God will, God will bless this time. He will bring the men that are, that are downtrodden, that have never had anybody mentor them, expose them to the, to the, to the, the, the miracles of the scriptures and the, the power that we do have to change the earth. And, and, and my expectation is just that God will show up. I don't, I don't have an expectation of a hundred men or a thousand men or whatever it is. I just expect that God will bring the guys to us that, that we are to 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 be in influencing and 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 brothering with and uh, and uh, influencing. So, um, I've got more things on this paper, but uh, I I just uh, want to say um, uh, it's it's great to be in a room with the likes of you guys, and and I just uh, I you know I I, I want to be a part of this, and I appreciate um, Russell inviting me to come up and share this with you, and uh, we'll just see where it goes, and. Um, but I'm excited that God's going to bless it. So thanks, Russell. Thanks, Clint. Do I? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get the courtesy of an advance notice before just the meeting, so I didn't print anything off the web, so I'll have to wing it. Um, name's Jason Foster. I've been with New Life since 2000, so... I've been kind of through thick and thin with a handful of you guys. And, uh, uh, you know, my heart really started, I guess, going through this process even before the fathering retreats last year of I'm not really connected with a group of guys. You know, I, I know a lot of you, a lot of you know me, um, and, and we've, we've shared and things, but I also seem to know less people than what I used to back in, the early 2000s, I was involved in men's ministry here with the Wild at Heart groups and was a group leader and worked uh, very closely with that and had a great group of guys. But around 2005, just went through some horrible times, did the typical isolationist move and said, you know what, I'm going to have to soldier alone for a while. Um, probably one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. But, you know, that's kind of how we are sometimes. I think we kind of withdraw when things aren't exactly right, and especially when it's something that you feel ashamed about. Um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of purpose in 
having community with guys that you can share with. Now, I know I have guys that in my life that I can share stuff with, but unfortunately now most of those guys don't go to this church. So there's been a lot of transformation that's happened in this body, and this body needs its men to be able to come together again. And I don't think that's happened in many years. So I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the net because I need it. I know a lot of guys that need it, whether they know it or not. And most of them do because we talk about it. And I think this, the, the component of brothering and relationship and, and everything, I mean, it sounds kind of mushy gushy, whatever, but when you have a guy that you can go up to after the service, when you see him and actually recognize him and know him well enough, you could go up and talk to him. There's some power in that that you don't get with the, the kind of mass of faces that you would have otherwise. So, um, I've told Russ since we first started talking about this, uh, we're going to be overrun. And that's, I really feel strongly that, that the, the Holy Spirit is moving in guys' hearts, uh, in this body and the body needs it. And so, with strong men, I think comes a strong body. And, and this is our opportunity to, to be a part of, you know, I look at those circles that were up earlier and I'm like, okay, which one of those am I? And I think I'm a little bit of all of them at different times, but there's a lot of guys that need a lot of care right now, a lot of help, a lot of healing. Um, like Josh mentioned, some guys to come alongside and say, Hey, guess what? I walked that path. I've made those mistakes. I've had those disappointments. I've seen the pain and agony that can come from that. So, um, I really feel strongly that we're going to have an opportunity to be, um, it's, it, it's salt and light, but it's, 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 there's something about a group of guys that can really connect and really share one another's burdens that if you've not experienced, I hope you will through this. And it's incredible. So. It's awesome. Thanks, JC. You know, New Life is uh, Worship, Serve, Connect, and I love that language, and this is the connect for men. Uh, when I put up the imagery of the care on there, if we can come back to the Luke 5 piece, it's just an observation that I made last fall. I just went through the accounts of all the times, and it was eight different times of the 12 disciples that there was the same language that Jesus used, and it just, it just, it just changed my whole perspective. And it was always the same language of come follow me. And it was, it was, it, it was personal. And so as we're looking at the life of Jesus, of how he cared, it was personal. Now, we can blow out emails and we can do videos and we can do all this crazy stuff. But the, the issue is, I mean, this is the, this is the crux. If we bring in a thousand men, because Pastor Brady gets up here and says, y'all come and they come, and the reason they won't stay is because men don't feel cared for. It starts there. And if you're not willing to be personal, hey, I want to hear more about that. Can we grab coffee sometime? It's not complicated. It's just personal. I want to hear a little more of that story. Well, wow, I really resonate that. Your transparency, you're just sharing that. You know, and I haven't ever shared this with anyone, but it just, and that's, it's literally, that's the connecting point in where it gives opportunity to care. Now there's something and it's, it, it's, it's just a reality with men that we only will live to the, we will rise to the level of our belief and our convictions. And 
nobody, nobody learns as much as the teacher, and I'm learning that. Why I'm here and so stinking motivated to be here is I'm excited to teach. But man, it's raising the bar in my life. Lord says, hey, what was that you just shared with the boys? I can do all things through Christ and strength. Oh, yeah. The same thing is men will rise to the level of their testimony. You envision those men sharing their videos and that thing sitting on the web about how God broke through and did something in their marriage and he became the father God called him to be and it took the, their businesses were changed and, and he, the guy's had a revolution in his life and that's out there publicly. That guy lives differently because of the word of his testimony. And you know what? Back to this Romans 1.11, so do the men around him. That's the wave. That's what's going to happen in this place. But if we miss the care, being personal, how are you doing? No, how are you really doing? What happened with your marriage? What happened when this happened? What happened when your deal fell apart? What happened when you hurt? Literally, it is fundamental. Connecting does not happen without caring. So you've got to ask yourself, are you ready to care for the men of new life? It is it essential? Yeah, we can impart courage, but unless you're sensitive, I mean sensitive in a masculine sense to the Spirit's leading to be able to care for the men, then we've missed it. It becomes another leadership conference. Good gracious. This is not going to be about rhetoric. And leadership principles. Holy smokes. I've had enough of it. I got books and books and books and books on leadership and development and this and that. The reason I'm here today is because men have cared for me. And it's from the caring that I've literally got my heart back. Life breathed back into me. And I said, I, I want to impart courage to another. How do I do that? There's some equipping. And that from that leads you into leading. That's how it works, guys. So, why are you here? As we close tonight, um, I just pray for you guys, but I want you just, uh, it doesn't have to be the guy next to you, that's okay. Just, I want you to find one guy. Why are you here? Speak it out. It's the question that we started with the beginning. What's the net? Why are you here? And what's your gift? You may not be ready to share what your gift is. And you may not even know what it is. You know what? That's okay. But let me encourage you. You have a gift. And this net is about to fan the flame into that. And we're going to talk more about that next week. From practical business stuff, I'm going to try to keep this as paper-free is possible because it can get crazy. So it starts with your emails. And if, if you didn't fill it out, put your email down. I mean, I, I think I've talked to literally a dozen guys that don't go to this church and y'all come. I could care less about that. There, there are so many men dying all over the city that this is what the net needs to be about. We're going to go get the men when we're ready to care for them, right? <laughs> so what we're going to start with is, and 
there's a couple guys that want to help me with this. I've got kind of a rough draft of this outline that you've seen related to topics and wise guys and web and basically where do you, what's your interest and where do you want to plug in? So we're just going to take a survey approach because like this, we may have a whole different group next week and a whole different group the following week, and, and I have no idea, and that's the best way I know how to just give you time, because most men do not like being put on the spot, and they need time to pray and think and talk with their wives or talk with a buddy. And, you know, I, let me start with, let me start with marriage, and let me start with work, and what is it about work? But I feel like God's pricking me on the work. I'm starting a business and whatever. Hugh Jones needs to talk to some wise guys about starting a business, you know. But yet, Hugh's got some really cute girls, and he could probably have a few things to share to talk about young girls for men just starting out and just have a discussion. How do we raise our girls? You know, zero to six years old, and Hugh needs to lead. And I'm not saying that, but I'm just giving an example. Just where, you know, where he needs to be equipped and he needs some help, but he's ready to lead with that. Um, so we're going to use a survey approach. And as guys continue to come, we're going to get a feel for where we need to be ready in terms of tables. You know, I, I'm still playing with ideas. We just literally do a map. Kind of this is fathering where guys come in. We want to make it as easy as possible for them to come and assimilate. Because as soon as we open the door on this place, February 15th, there are going to be so many guys here. And probably half of them, the only reason they're here is because their wives told them, you better get over here. I'm serious. You know how it goes. Because you're probably one of them. (laughs) Right? So we want to catch these guys as soon as... They come in the door, but we want to be ready. So um, I only have about a year's worth more to talk about, but I think that's enough for tonight. So was this good? Good, I hope so. Um, And I just encourage you guys, anything that you saw here tonight, I welcome the feedback. The website stuff, the surveys, literally coffee that we don't have, food, I mean, welcome, guys. I mean, literally, it's just all the facets that you see. It's meant to be rough tonight. It's meant to look skeleton like we don't have it all together because there's guys that I believe need to rise up to say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll champion that for, you know, a little while. Um, the other thing, just need to mention structurally, uh, just, I mean, sorry, the schedule-wise, um, I love you guys, but I'm a dad first, and so my commitment to my family, I'll get here as early as you guys want. If you want to meet at 3.30 on Wednesdays, that's fine. I'm clear for that. But as soon as that DSM is over, I'm taking my kids home. So that's that's my deal. So that's my commitment to you. The way this is structured, this is, again, hopefully not going to be the Russell show, it, you know, It'll be Russell maybe teaching a little bit, the testimonies, whatever, and then the discussions going on. And and hopefully by design, some guys can meet till 11 o'clock if they want. That's fine. I'm just, I'm heading out with my kids, you know, as soon as it's over. So that's fine. The other thing on a timing piece, this whole thing's experimental. This may look sophisticated. It may look like I got it all figured out. Are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> we're gonna take, we're gonna take our best stab at it 
And for me, for my health, for just whatever, we're going to go until the summertime. And then we're going to take a break and just breathe. And then we'll hit it in. We're going to tweak some things. And I mean, we're going to, I believe, I sense we're going to hit it strong this fall. So this, we're just going to ask for your grace. We're going to walk this out. But that's the pace. I want to do this for about 10 years or more. And I need to be, it needs to be sustainable. I need to pace myself, my family, so I don't get killed, and and you as well. So that's just from a practical standpoint, schedule, timing, expectations, um, that kind of thing. So uh, welcome the feedback, the dialogue, all that. So let me pray, and then you guys can find a guy. Father, thank you for this uh, divine moment with these men. Uh, there's no doubt, I mean, absolutely no doubt, you are at work here. And um, the the men represented, and I know many of them, uh, it's just incredible what you're doing. The fact that we even have five decades of men represented here among this small group is just um, incredible. That you you want to raise up men of God within your body, to build your kingdom. And, uh, and I see it. I see it. And so, uh, we submit to your timing, to your, uh, plan and your will. And, uh, we don't want to get ahead of you. We don't want to get behind you. That we would just keep in step with the Spirit. So we just yield to your plan and your work. And I thank you for these men. Wherever they need to be encouraged tonight, I pray, God, that you would breathe courage into them. In whatever way that they need to be equipped, I pray that you would bring, bring to mind the scriptures that your promises would prepare them for every good work and that your spirit would just breathe into them comfort and counsel and wisdom. And I pray for fellow brothers that you would unite this body, um, of men, that you would do that. That is a work that only you can do. We can schedule and plan and talk and strategize and it's all going to fall apart. Um, it, it is your work, Lord, that it is about you unifying your body. So we just submit all these plans to you um, and commit our way to you tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.